Welcome to the Delano Newsmakers podcast, bringing context to the stories that matter in Luxembourg. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Newsmakers. Today, we're talking about digital payment services, an option that has become more attractive to customers in recent years. Joining me today is James King, head of Payconic Luxembourg. James, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you very much, Theo. Nice to be here. Yeah, you're welcome. And um, as, as a little intro, I think this idea to sit down and chat with you started with having a little overview on trends in 2021. So maybe one of the trends that I was personally looking to is digital payments, because we thought that digital payments were going to become more important this year or in recent years in general. So as as a person with some experience here, would you say that's the case? Have they become more popular in Luxembourg at least? So I would say that digital payments have definitely become more popular. Uh, we certainly see uh, in our business uh, an increase in the number of transactions that uh, people are making. We also see the number of people that use uh, the digital payment service that we offer increasing. Uh, but I would also add that this is a, an ongoing trend that has been uh, continuing now already for quite a number of years. So the the increase, year-on-year uh, year increase, is quite consistent, uh, reasonably consistent over the last five or six years, maybe even more, I would say, seven years, let's say, yeah. Mm, yeah, and um, for, for example, here in, here in Luxembourg, um, you, you, what exactly is your position? What exactly do you, what are your, the things that you do as a head of Payconic Luxembourg? So here in Luxembourg, we have a team of a uh, four, five, seven people, six people uh, that are focused on the Luxembourg market in particular. And so we work very closely with banks. Uh, we are, Our banks are our, our key partners. Um, we work a lot on marketing so that uh, the general uh, population understands uh, our digital payment service. And we also work with mar- merchants um, and some of the uh, companies that enable merchant payments uh, we work with as well. And that, that's where we put a lot of energy in, actually, uh, in making sure that we have um, and that we onboard merchants, that uh, merchants join our ecosystem uh, and that we support them and help them and advise them and, and explain to them how it works. And uh, this is where we put a lot of energy in, yeah, that my team. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you try to maybe strike a deal or, or a partnership with someone who can provide, uh, who can then have your QR code on their payments yeah, exactly. So we have different ways of, of, of ensuring that a merchant, any given merchant who wants to accept Payconic payments can make those that acceptance method available, whether that's through a QR code or through some implementation on in their app or uh, through some partner, because the retail payments industry has a lot of layers to it, uh, potentially different uh, service providers who enable merchants to have all the payment methods that they need to be able to offer their customers because their different customers want to pay in different ways. And so there's a lot of uh, players, a lot of different uh, service providers in that area. We try to work with the right ones so that we can reach as many merchants as possible in the most convenient way, both for them, for us, but more and most importantly, for the consumer, because ultimately it's the consumer that matters most. He or she is the person that chooses which payment method they're going to use of the ones that are offered to them. Uh, and they want uh, simplicity, they want speed, and they want uh, it to work. Mm-hmm. Right then. Uh, so about the customers, and you did mention earlier that you take care about the image of, of Payconic and how people relate to that product. A few years ago, people, or maybe 
five, ten years ago, people were more skeptical about digital payment services. How would you say that has changed? But it, it, it's true that the, the way that people use and view digital payment services has definitely evolved in the last few years. And, and one, but, but alongside the fact that I think, well, we see, I should say, that people are getting more and more used to having confidential information on their phone. They're getting more and more used to using uh, applications that contain personal information and that are connected to other platforms. The world today, compared to not that many years ago, is much more hyper-connected. Uh, your phone is always on. It is always connected. You don't ask yourself anymore the question of, do I have a network here? Do I have internet connectivity? You did a few years ago, and you don't anymore. And so I think that the average person is getting more comfortable with using uh, applications that contain data about them, that contain personal information, and that contain security and they, they trust that security. They trust the security of their phone. They trust the security of the different uh, actors that they are used to working with. Well, and, and, and in payments, we see the same thing. So we don't um, we see that people are comfortable uh, making digital payments today, which, and as you say, maybe in the past they were less comfortable, but this has definitely evolved, yes. Mm. Is there anything that you had to convince them of, like perhaps security of online payments? Convinced. I mean, we certainly we communicated on it uh, with them to explain to them how it works. We have uh, a very strong uh, security around the applications and around the, uh, the the confirmation, especially of the payments, so that you can be sure that you're making the payment you're making, that you're the one that's authorized it, and that it's only uh, that the funds are going to be transferred there where you expect them to be transferred, whether that's a merchant or a friends and family that you're sharing money with. Uh, so, yes, I mean, and uh, we have definitely communicated on that and we've proven uh, the track record is showing uh, that it's uh, safe and secure. Uh, and as the volumes increase, uh, the consumers are seeing this as well, of course, from their own usage. Mm, right. Then. And um, what about Luxembourg in, in particular? How well is Luxembourg doing in terms of digital payments compared to other countries on Europe, in Europe or compared to the USA, for example? Yeah, that's a that's a very interesting question, it, but it's a complex question. Uh, in the thing that the, the thing about payments, retail payments, consumer payments, even today, there are some international players which are present all across the world and enable us to make payments wherever we go. But there are many parts of uh, retail payments which are still country specific. In Europe, that is very much the case. We see that um, if you look at the digital payments landscape in the EU. Uh, for example, the there are many pay mobile payments applications that are specific per country. So this is a natural, it's a new area. So typically uh, startups and, 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 and starting initiatives tend to be, well, in, in Europe in particular, per country because uh, there's that cultural affinity. So often there's a different language in each country. So initiatives start at the national level. Um, now this is maturing all across Europe, not just in Luxembourg, but all the different uh, countries. And we can see that the future will be consolidation. The future will be, uh, no doubt, interoperability between these payment platforms across borders. We are actually uh, a multi-country mobile payments application because uh, we have Payconic in Belgium and it's exactly the same Payconic that we have and offer in Luxembourg. So this, we are very excited about this future because we can see that enabling mobile payments across 
the European Eurozone in particular, because we are based on a Euro standard called uh, the Single European Payments Area Protocol, which is the basis of our payment infrastructure that we use. Uh, and um, so therefore, we, we can see that there will probably be consolidation in the future across Europe. And uh, it's something that we're working on, that we're discussing with other parties. And uh, this is an interesting area for the future. Um, what role have banks in Luxembourg played in the last few years in, in establishing this? Uh, because I know you have multiple partners, which are uh, banks here in Luxembourg. Yeah, so we are, we are working with a number of banks in Luxembourg, and, and they have been absolutely invaluable uh, as partners, uh, and, and they've been driving this uh, this mobile payments initiative as well uh, here in Luxembourg in particular. And what is what is what we bring each other? I think what the banks, uh, the benefits that they get is that they're able, with us uh, enabling them to digitize the consumer's IBAN, the consumer's bank account becomes a digital instrument in their phone which is always with them, which they can use in more and more uh, situations where they want to make payments, payments both to individuals and friends and family that they that they interact with in day-to-day -day life, as well as merchants, or sitting at home, surfing the internet, browsing on uh, whether it's uh, one website or the other, or ordering food, ordering food in Luxembourg and getting it delivered home and, and paying for it using a digital payment method is also a very, very... Uh, a growing success story as well for us. Yeah. And so the banks have just been critical and they see and we see the value in digitizing that bank account for the consumer and enabling that consumer to uh, use that digital payment instrument which is linked to their bank account. Mm, yeah, of course, uh, ordering food, especially during the pandemic, big, big deal for, for everybody. Is there something during the coronavirus pandemic that was specific to, to mm, what you had to do in as Payconic in Luxembourg. Well, fortunately for us, uh, the, the the pandemic actually uh, spoke very much to the service that we were already offering. Uh, it, it it didn't require us to change anything uh, specifically about the way that we operated or the way that we offered our service. But we definitely noticed uh, specifically e-commerce uh, transactions grew faster than anything else uh, through that period. This is for sure. Uh, we also noticed that uh, more and more people made each other. Peer-to-peer uh, -peer payments uh, through this period, but uh, whether how much of that was linked to the pandemic and just the natural organic growth that that way of operate that that usage of the uh, apps and the payment instrument was was going on anyway, I don't know. But mm. the um, clearly uh, with the peer-to-peer -peer payment method, you can you can also pay someone who is not actually physically with you, which when we went through the lockdown phase of the yeah. pandemic, possibly was useful. But at the same time, if you're not going out and doing anything, you maybe don't have so much reason to pay right. someone else. But new, probably in people's lives, new use cases came up mm. uh, due to uh, the lockdown in particular, and then also just the hybrid way that we're working today. Uh, yeah. I can say that pre-pandemic, uh, we definitely could see that one of the use cases that people were using the app for a lot was if, if you go with colleagues in Luxembourg out for lunch, Someone maybe pays, uh, typically restaurants, uh, sometimes not all of them like it. If everybody pays separately, so one person pays and all the others exchange the money with each other via uh, Payconic. Uh, so, but, and, and of course, if everybody's, in, if everybody's working from home, that happens less, uh, for example. Mm. But, yeah, yeah. And, and what about, are you able to pinpoint some challenges that you've faced in the last few years in terms of 
establishing uh, Pyconic in Luxembourg in terms of uh, uh, promoting it to, to the public? The, well, this year has been an exciting year for us because we 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 rebranded, in fact, uh, to Payconic. So this was something that uh, we had to put some effort into, uh, and our my my colleagues from marketing team did a great job in 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 um, running campaigns to explain to people that Payconic is now here, that uh, the service remains the same, uh, and that they can continue to use it, but uh, it's now going to be called Payconic. And so there was some. That required some change. And then another, uh, something else that has happened this year, which is new, is that now there are, in more and more cases around Luxembourg, the QR code is available on the payment terminals, what would be traditionally card payment terminals. Mm-hmm. And so people are starting to see uh, the QR codes on those payment terminals, which can be scanned uh, by the Payconic-enabled apps of the banks. And this is something where we had to communicate on as well, explain, uh, make sure people understood uh, that you can do this now that you can pay uh, with Payconic in the shops uh, on these card payment terminals. So these are the two major campaigns that we did this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, Payconic known before as uh, DG Cash in Luxembourg since uh, right around uh, <clears throat> 2012. Um, what was the motivation to rebrand essentially? Well, we so Payconic was an initiative that started uh, in Belgium uh, a number of years ago, five or six years ago, uh, and then uh, a, a few years ago, Payconic acquired uh, the DigiCash business uh, in Luxembourg, and so in order to be sure um, that merchants and consumers understand that it's one payment method, that they can use it across both countries. It was very important for us to have one brand, a common brand. It's extremely important in payments that every time an individual makes a payment, it's very important that they know exactly what payment they're making, that it's Mm -hmm. a Payconic payment that they're making. And the party that is receiving uh, the funds, for whatever reason they're receiving them, whether they're a merchant or a consumer, need to understand that they are receiving a Payconic payment so that everyone understands what service is being used, what the functionalities and the nature of that service is, and then naturally, if there are questions or points to be raised around that service, they know who to address themselves to. And so that's why branding is so important, and therefore that's why it was important to have one brand across the whole infrastructure which covered um, Belgium and Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, one, one final question about regarding looking forward to 2022 so next year is there something that you are looking forward to as a head of payconic in terms of digital payment services for 2022 yeah i mean there are a number of things um that, that i mean basically the, the the foundation blocks are there now for us uh they've been uh, being we've been putting them in place for a number of years we've now got a very considerable proportion of the active population in luxembourg that use our service which is now going to enable us by the nature of the QR code, by the nature of the integrations that we can do into digital screens, into other people's apps, into platform apps or merchant apps, we're going to be able to, with these partners, come up with, it's already starting, come up with innovative ways to make the payment available in lots of different scenarios. And there are going to be, for sure, one way or the other, hybrid models coming up, hybrid shops, um, situations where you do uh, 
I buy something and I pick up later. I buy something and I pick up in a few minutes. I, I'm in a shop and I may be in the app because I'm checking something about the product that I'm thinking of buying, which is physically in front of me, but I'm in the, an app. Maybe it's the app of that merchant or that shop and I'm maybe I pay there. Maybe I go to a counter and I still am in their app and paying. In car parks, for example, we're dealing with partners where we can see that we will, that the, I mean, basically all the merchants of the world want to offer apps. There will probably be apps of apps or app, consolidated apps where several merchants have a presence in them mm. and they will be used for different reasons. And for example, you can imagine in a car park, you're standing in a car park, you scan your parking ticket, it you, opens up the app of the car parking system and then you pay within that app rather than having to go to a machine which may be in a corridor, upstairs, mm. downstairs, by the lift. So there are many different sorts of scenarios that the world is basically going to change and the payment with digital screens that are appearing more and more in different places around the shopping environment in particular, um, there's more and more the possibility to put a QR code which is scannable and which can be used to pay rather than the past models where one would always have to go to a counter and check out of the shop in a specific mm -hmm. place where um, payment could be organized by the merchant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, convenience is definitely the key word here. That absolutely, right. yeah. Yeah, okay then. Uh, James, thank you very much for your time. It was great talking to you. Thank you very much, Theo. It was a pleasure. Mm -hmm. And thanks a lot to our listeners as well. That's that for today's episode. We'll catch you in a few weeks' time. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening. You can listen to all our podcasts on delano.lu and on all podcast platforms. And subscribe to the Delano newsletter for all the latest Luxembourg news in English. Sign up on delano.lu.